Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Second, India spins, goes to Suarez, one, back to first, got a double play! What a play! That's the ball game, Reds win it 7-6, a game-ending 4-6-3 double play! What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of Late Night Red Talk here on the Locker Room app. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping first. Uh, if you have seen, we do have a Twitter account now, but I guess using the name Late Night Red Talk wasn't allowed, so you can follow us at Late Reds. And yes, we are on Spotify if you aren't catching us on the regular da- uh, weekly show here on Locker Room, like Max is, of course. What's up, Max? Um, Max, what's happening? We'll go ahead and get the panel in here, starting first with this man. This man once struck out Alex Rodriguez at Yankee Stadium, Mr. Carlos Guevara. Hey, what's going on, guys? Do you remember that, by the way? Absolutely. I bet you how do. do I, how do I not have a clip? How do I not have a clip of this? I, I need a clip of this. Uh, I'll send you a video for my iPhone. <laughs> there you go. I need I'll record it. it on the TV. I don't know how to do anything else. Oh, we got to get this up on on the uh, the interweb. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Mr. God bless his Twitter mentions tonight after a tough loss to the Giants. Uh, Mr. Red's positivity himself, my good friend Nick Kirby. Nick, I normally envy you with the Reds fan base that you get touch base with. But tonight is the night I'm glad I'm not you. Yeah, uh, not not fun. Um, yeah, tough, tough week for the Reds. Um, yeah, just not fun. Not fun. No, no, it's not. Well, here's the good news, folks. So after tomorrow's game, the Reds don't see an NL West opponent for two weeks. They uh, will have a home series against the Rockies, who they just split two with. And that same week, they go to San Diego for a four-game set for Father's Day weekend. And come home later that week for the Padres. Why I'm bringing up the NL West specifically because the Reds are 11-8 and eight against the rest of the major leagues, but the NL West, they are now 6. Obviously, there is a lot of problems with this team right now between the injuries, you know, not having Votto, not having Moustakis. I don't necessarily understand the Moustakis thing. Like, he's coming in for pinch hits, he'll walk, and then, but, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it is what it is. I'm not David Bell. And, you know, we had these issues beginning of the year with the bullpen. You're starting to see the bullpen be pretty good, minus Carson Fulmer tonight. And the rotation is the one that's kind of slipping. Uh, I mean, Miley was good tonight. I know he only went four and two-thirds, but I thought he pitched all right. So, once again, Buster Posey comes in the Great American Ballpark and has a game-winning hit. And um, I'm just at the point, like I told Carlos before we started, that I think we need to find a way for 
uh, Buster Posey's luggage to get stuck in customs on his way to Cincinnati or his plane ticket <laughs> just doesn't work. Just some way that we don't allow him into the city. It's just got to happen. So, guys, Carlos, Nick, whoever wants to start first, when you look at where things are for this team right now, obviously not ideal. Um, but, you know, they're, the, the positive news is they're four and a half out. Uh, even though they are closer to last than they are first, obviously. They're on a three-game losing streak against a very good Giants team who's winning the NL West right now. Uh, but right now, certainly frustrating to watch this team with all the injuries and all the problems they're having. Yeah, it's, you know, I was asked, you know, the key before the season, it was, you know, health. And right now the Reds aren't healthy. I mean, they have three starting position players out, and it shows, I mean, there's just there's too many holes in the lineup. You know, you get past um, Winker, Castellanos, and Tyler Naquin, our, our, you know, guy I love, but he was a, a minor league contract guy. Um, when you get past those three, and, and Suarez, you know, if he's right, I mean, it's just it, – it's not a good lineup. Um, and there's just – there's too many holes. Uh, it's just you, – you can't – when consistently when you have, you know, multiple, you know, bad hitters in the lineup. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot to like about this team. You know, the, the, the pitching's, I think, you know, starting pitching's good. And, and, you know, Luis Castillo had a great start last night. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that more. It was a great start. I won't listen to anyone say anything other than it was a great start and a great step in the right direction. Um, the bullpen's not, not, been terrible um they've been manageable um and and you have you know your your best hitters are, are hitting really well outside of suarez um for most of the year it's just you've, you've had some guys hurt and uh and that that hurts but um it's a long season a lot of games left um thank god it's not a 60 game season um i know the cardinals right now look like juggernauts but i promise you they're not this good um All right. They're they're going to have injuries at some point too. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, Nick hit it best by saying it's a long season, um, long way to go. It sucks losing, you know, three in a row to the Giants. The Giants won't be in the top, won't be in the top two in their division. I mean, I think they're an okay team, but we can't. I mean, be losing three in a row to them, it really sucks. Um, uh, today, tonight didn't sit very well. I don't, I don't really know what what Bell was doing with the bullpen there at the end. Um, it just it didn't make sense. He was using his number one guys to come out to hold that you know one run deficit, and then the ninth inning don't use TJ. It just, I don't know. I thought that was a perfect time to use him with who we had coming up, uh, who they had coming up on the uh, bottom half of the ninth. It just kind of felt like it was just we're just hoping for the best. But, um, you know, the bullpen is coming around. Amir throwing well. Um, you know, I feel almost makes everybody else throw well. Yeah. Um, starting pitching. I'm, I'm not complaining about that. And it's, you know, like, it's health. You know, these guys, will, these guys will get back here soon in the next, you know, week or so. And hopefully Joey's in within the next week or two um, and get this thing rolling again. Okay, yeah, I definitely agree. Because I know, you know, people are putting stuff out about Jeff Hoffman. Obviously, he hasn't been 
very good his last three or four starts. And, you know, the other thing that people are saying is that, not to name names, because I do respect the person who tweeted this, is that a lot of people react to it. Uh, a lot of people are saying that if Jeff Hoffman pitches, it starts another game for the Reds, they're not serious about winning. And I see the point, but also it's like, you know, with the injuries they have, it's not like they have a whole lot of options. Um, I know everyone thinks Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green will probably be better right now than what we're getting from Jeff Hoffman. And, you know, I understand the excitement for those guys, but there's a reason they're still in double A right now. Uh, I think if the Reds felt like they could help this team win right now, they would. They would be on the Major League roster. So, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. Like you said, Carlos, health is obviously a big part. Uh, you're, I'm curious to see what this rotation looks like when Michael Lorenzen comes back, obviously. And like you said, Joey and whatever the hell's going on with Moose. Um, and then you get all these guys back, you know, see, you know, see what this team can be. And, you know, like Nick said, like, I know the Cardinals are winning a lot of games right now, but we've seen the lineups next to each other when healthy. And it's the Reds, I feel like the Reds still have a better lineup than them. Um, it's just a matter of getting everyone back and getting them healthy and getting things right. Um, I like Tyler Stevenson playing first today. I know he had an error, um, but I think he played pretty well, honestly. I think he covered the bag well. He got a really nice hit. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, it's definitely disheartening. Um, but like, you know, that was what game 38 of the year. Like maybe we still got, we still got a lot of baseball to go. Yeah. Tell you what did suck. I was watching disco yesterday. Just pitch lights out against us. <laughs> yeah. $6 million for a starting pitcher of his, his caliber is, uh, uh, a, a heck of a bargain, you know, for mm-hmm. the, for the giants. That's just, that's the one. That's the one that stung for me this offseason yeah. the most because that just felt like the cheapest move. Like, like Bauer is is not a move, you know, any team other than the Dodgers or Yankees or, you know, a couple other teams are going to make. Like, no one else is going to sign her to that kind of money. Um, you know, some of the other moves, like Archie Bradley, I mean, he's been on the, the injured list all year for the Phillies. Like, Anthony DiScofani, I mean, man, you probably could have had him for – a great bargain, and you knew what he was, but, you know, eight bad starts last year, and, oh, it just, that one really stings, because he would be a massive upgrade over Jeff Hoffman. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't definitively think that you can say that that anyone else in the Reds organization would be an upgrade over, over Jeff Hoffman outside of TJ Antone, but, you know, the same people who want Jeff Hoffman out of the rotation are the same ones mad that TJ Anto is not pitching the ninth inning? Like, you know, I don't know how you can have it both ways. Uh, like, he can't he can't pitch both, you know. Um, so clearly, he's valuable to the bullpen. Um, so, you know, if it's if it's August and Jeff Hoffman is still Jeff Hoffman and he's still in the rotation, and there's three or four guys, you know, at, at the AAA level um, that are clearly ready. Then yeah, the Reds aren't serious about winning, but I don't I don't think right now you can just definitively say that 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 any of these other guys you put them up there they'll be better because you don't know what these guys will do you know at the MLB level, especially guys who didn't play in a minor league season last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, before we can move on topics, Max, Aaron, Sam, John, welcome. If you guys have any questions, feel free to send them our way. We're happy to answer them throughout the uh, throughout the episode. Um, so. By all means, we're, we're glad you guys are with us. Uh, maybe you're just doing Festivus with us for all the Seinfeld fans out there. 
this is our Reds Festivus where we air our grievances. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that you guys hit a lot of good points from the head. Because, you know, when you want to look at the good things about this team, and there are good things, like Nick said, like, you know, this lineup on paper, there's a lot to be excited about. I don't know if there's a better one-two in the top of your order in baseball right now than what the Reds have uh, with what Winker and Castellanos are doing. Um, and then we do have, you know, a lot of that stuff going on with the fans kind of seeing that, but also being upset after everything after. And I get that. Um, you know, you have right now this question in the chat from Go Reds. Am I pessimistic for thinking this team is just going to hover around 500 all season? Um, potentially, but also being around 500 all season might win the central the way the central set up right now. I think we, I think when we, um, you know, had our, our season preview show, I think we thought there was four teams in the NL Central that were going to hover around 500 this year. So, yeah, I mean, as long as the Reds stay within, you know, 500, obviously three unders, that you're starting to, you know, trend into some, some, I don't know, maybe kind of scary territory. But I think if the Reds hover around 500 most of the year, I think they'll be they'll be set up in a in a in a, in a decent spot. And, and I know I don't want to, you know, repeat things that we've said over and over, but um, you look at the Reds' schedule in, in September, and if the Reds are, you know, within striking distance, um, they have a very favorable schedule. And it even gets more so down the stretch if the Cubs are sellers at the deadline. Um, the Reds could have a very, very favorable second-half schedule. So, um, um, yeah, I, I think – yeah, I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know if it's pessimistic. I think it's probably more realistic. But I don't think it's the end of the world if the Reds do hang around 500 because I think that uh, that could get them into the playoffs. And you know, the the Giants are the perfect example. That team won three World Series. And that team was clearly none of those years the most talented team in baseball. Probably not even close most of those years. Just get to the playoffs. The Reds have the starting pitching. Um, that hey, you never know what can happen. All right, we got Sam who's wanting to come speak with us. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Sam, what's up, man? Hey, man. First of all, I just want to say uh, appreciate you guys for uh, just like, I don't know, staying optimistic. I just think looking at our schedule, like you said, and I don't think we've scratched the surface of how like, we can really play. I think there's no way we make the playoffs. And I just want a question for you guys. Why is Nick Castellanos um, not getting more attention at the national level for like the MVP race? That's a great question. Uh, I'm doing my part. I, I tweeted out earlier today his stats. Um, um, I, I think if 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 it gets later in the year, I think he will. Um, you know, it, it is only May 19th, but if it's you know July and he's still putting up these numbers, I mean, he, he leads the the National League in OPS right now. If he's still doing that, then I I definitely think he'll get more attention. I guess it's probably just because it's it's early. Um, maybe unfairly he did fade at the end of last year. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it, but, um, I I wouldn't worry about that too much until it's like July and he's not getting attention if he's still, you know, one of the top players in the league. That that's my opinion. Yeah. I think if he keeps, you know, playing the way that he's playing and I think once we start getting some all-star votes that then those conversations are going to be, yeah, Nick is a surefire, you know, all-star. He might even be starting. And then, then, the conversation of a, you know, NL, NL MVP, AL MVP, that's whenever those start. And I think that's whenever his name will be, will be dropped in there amongst them as kind of a sleeper because they are playing in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's actually never been an all-star, so. Isn't that um, crazy? 
Yeah, that would be a. I think that would be a pretty big deal, and that's kind of. I think could be one of those like like big moments where oh Nick Nick Cassianos is starting in right field in the All Star game. Okay, yeah, maybe he is legit. You know, kind of one yeah. of those those. I don't know. You know, things that that put you over the top. It's a good question, though. I was actually going to yeah, ask awesome. that too. If he maintains numbers um, and just like happens to keep killing it like he is, do you think never being an All Star is going to like hinder his opportunity at starting the All Star game or getting that uh, MVP? Um, I mean, Kirk Gibson won an MVP and he didn't play in an All Star game. No, oh. I did not know that. That's a that's a great fact, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think. I think the I think fans now in the fan vote are way smarter than they were maybe ten years ago. Like maybe when I was a kid, um, I feel like there's been a lot of All Star games the last I don't know five or six years where there's been players that aren't popular players that are just having a monster year that get voted in. I, I think I think the fans are a lot smarter than I think than they used to be. So I think if if he's still you know. I think next month is probably when they really start hammering, you know, and, and, and advertising the vote and all that. I think if he's still doing that, I, I think he, I think there's a really good chance he gets voted in. Um, and and I, I mean, I think he's kind of a, a like like folk hero among like some of the, the the baseball people, even outside of Cincinnati, for for kind of his his demeanor and uh, uh, you know his stare down and all that. So um, I, I think the, it'd be, he's kind of an easy guy to campaign for. You know, because he's like the anti Rob Manfred, and people love that. You know, people eat that up. So, yeah, I think he's got a shot. I think he's putting up the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate agree. you guys. Yeah, you all have a great night. Reds by forty tomorrow. Thank you. Hey, let's Sam. go. <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? Shoot us a DM on Twitter. You're the first guest we've had to call in, so I'll send you some Reds baseball cards. Hey, for sure. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, definitely, man. You all have a great night. You too. I want man. some Reds baseball yeah, cards. Yeah, what the heck, man? <laughs> Your face is on Red's baseball cards. <laughs> That's my. I eBayed Carlos's rookie card. I told him that the other day, but it felt weird buying it when we worked together. So, <laughs> and honestly, I don't know. Do you still get royalties for those anymore? No. See, then then I can't do it. I got to make sure I give you props, and I can't. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't put money in your pocket, I can't do it. Nice. <laughs> so. Let's got to go real quick. Um, I know Carlos kind of mentioned yesterday, you know, there's so much stuff going on in baseball right now. Um, let's get to Aaron's question also. He said, if the, by the trade deadline we are 500, who do you think we target, or at least what position do you think we target? I mean, it better be a shortstop, right? Yeah, it's got to be shortstop. Yeah, I don't mind. It better be a shortstop. <laughs> like, um, I mean, yeah, I definitely think it's a shortstop. Um, I don't know if it'll be Trevor Story. Um, you know, I – Willie Adama seems like a real, more legitimate target just just because they're the Rays are looking at, at, yeah calling up calling him up. Um, um, so yeah, I, mean, I think there'll be options at, at the deadline. I would assume that, and then you know probably the obvious like every other team you know bullpen help. But yeah, I don't really think anywhere other than that makes sense for the Reds because if the Reds need any other positions, then they probably don't have a chance to be honest, right? I mean. Yeah, if the, if the Reds need a left fielder, you know, um, they're, they're probably not buyers. Like, yeah, I bet there's going to be a whole bunch of relievers that are going to be moved around because nobody really has an elite bullpen. You know, even the the top teams, there's you know, you have a couple, one or two, but you know, to have like a from the 
six, seven, eight, nine type of bullpen. There's there's not not any that I know of that are around there, and I feel like relievers are going to move around a lot here at the uh, you know before the trade deadline hits. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. The the entire Pirates bullpen will probably be moved at the deadline. They have a pretty decent bullpen. Um, how have we not talked about before. how the Reds got Michael Feliz for like nothing? Yeah. yeah. So, so I don't know if if anyone I, I tweeted out a uh, a link to a Pittsburgh story that kind of explained it. It was just kind of uh, an odd man out type thing where they really wanted to pick up Ben Gamble off waivers and they had no room on their forty man roster, and so they had to basically get rid of someone. And Feliz made the most sense because. He's um, in the final year of arbitration next year. He'll he'll cost a little bit more. All the other guys they have are are you know like really young, lots of years of control left. So it's more just because, um, um, you know, he's not going to be a part of the next decent Pirates team whenever that is. Um, um, but yeah, I think it was a great pickup. Um, I mean, the fact that that the Pirates couldn't trade him, I mean, probably should you know, make us, you know, a little cautious. Like he's clearly not, you know, like going to save our bullpen, but I, I do think he is a, um, a solid pitcher. And I think he's someone the pirates liked and would have wanted. And probably a lot of other teams would have liked and wanted um, the Reds were just probably fortunate to pick him up. Yeah, for sure. Hey, we're going to bring Max on real quick. Max, what's up, man? Thanks for joining. Hey, what's up guys? How are you? So Max. Good, you're in the chat every week. I'm glad you finally joined Joe stepping up. <laughs> so uh, I have a question that's a little bit down the road, but while we're on like the trade, the trade stuff, what do you guys think? Uh, where do you guys think the Reds will be around the trade deadline? Because I think if they sell, they've got some good pieces to deal. What do you guys think? Well, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Um, thank God for the Reds and their season ticket calendars they give away at the beginning of the season every year. Uh, you know they got the Humble next brag. couple weeks. Yeah, the next couple weeks they've got the the, the Nats, the Cubs, the Phillies, and so like, you know you have a chance. You got the Rockies, so you know they have a favorable schedule coming up to get all these guys back. So, um, you know we talked earlier. We kind of see the team kind of hovering around 500. They have a lot of chances up till the deadline where they have a lot of chances to win some games. Um, you know they got to play the Royals within July. Uh, they got the Mets. So this is a team that really can still make a run at it. I know the Twins haven't been super great this year, um, and they they got a couple games with them as well. So I think the schedule kind of can be in the Reds' favor, where they can pick up some wins if they get everyone back in time by the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope the Reds are buyers at the deadline. If if they're not, I'm going to be you know very <laughs> disappointed. Um, I, I think it, it, people thinking about the Reds selling at the deadline. If the Reds do sell at the deadline probably going to be very disappointed because the Reds selling would be salary dumping. Um, you know, like if the Reds traded Nick Castellanos at the deadline, they're going to get nothing in return for him. Um, and not because of Nick Castellanos, just because of how much money he's owed. Like, you know, no one's going to sign him for more money than he's making right now. Um, same with Moustakis, even maybe even Suarez, Akiyama. None of those guys are going to bring anything back. I mean, the only guy... The only the only players that would really bring anything back massively in return would be Castillo, Malley, or Winker, and I don't think any of us want them traded. Uh, I mean, maybe Sonny Gray, but I don't think Sonny Gray is going to bring back this this game changing 
you know, you know, piece for you. I, I think he's going to be a little bit of a salary dump and you get a couple of nice prospects, but he's not going to, teams just don't give up these, these massive prospect hauls anymore unless they're getting someone back that has multiple years of control and is a really good talent. And that would be Castillo, Malley or Winker. Um, so I, I, I think if you, you really hope they're not trading at the deadline because it's just going to be saving them money, probably and nothing more. Yeah, I think that's that touches it perfectly. Yeah, and another thing with Castellanos, he has an opt out at the end of the year, so he can just get out of that contract. And it's very true. Teams, I mean, teams obviously won't won't go hard after someone who can just leave. Yeah, yeah, and I I doubt. I, I know. I doubt he opts out. I think his salary does his salary go up next year. It does. I, like, I, mean, I think it stays at sixteen. Does it stay? I I just I don't see him opting out. I mean, if, if he opts out, then I'm feeling really good about the Reds' chances because that means he's just put up a monster monster year. Um, I just I I don't see him opting. If he opts out, I think it's a great thing because I think the Reds are in a really really good spot. Um, so I, that's my opinion on. The opt out. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it'd be a good opt out for him either. Even if he does have a good year, um, he'll probably want to bet on himself after another good year playing at Great American Ballpark. Well, Reds would have him for two more if he if right. he if he doesn't opt out, he's then locked in for two more two more years. Oh, um, then I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he'll opt out then <laughs> if he has yeah, a good I year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess he. I guess he could, and then, um, but but he also would then have the qualifying offer attached to him because if he opts out, the Reds are surely going to qualify offer him, yeah. and then he's going to have a draft pick attached to him. I just, I, I think if he opts out, I think that the Reds' twenty twenty one season has gone very very well, um, um, or just really really weird, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I would be surprised if he opts out. Yeah, I think uh, I just looked at it. So Max is right. It stays at 16 for the next two years. And then his free agent year, which is 2024, he'll be 32. It goes up to 20 mil. So not not substantially huge, bigger amounts that he would get at the end, though. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Max, yeah. you got anything else first, man? We, uh, you know, like I said, we're happy to answer any questions, so. Uh, not not at the moment, but you know, you never know. Thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming, man. We always appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, so we got a couple questions in the chat, and I do want to touch on uh, a couple of the other things in the outside the Reds in the world of baseball. Because I know Carlos loves talking Shohei Otani. If you guys see our group texts, there's a lot of Otani love in there, and it's all cool. We all love him. Um, so Aaron's been been pretty active tonight, which we definitely appreciate. Thanks for that, Aaron. He said, if they do get story, do you think we resign him for we sign him for fifty mil or let him walk? I think it would definitely be a walk situation. That would be a rental. Um, so I think at that point, if you're going to move Trevor Story, you got to be figure out what you're going to be comfortable with. It's hard seeing the Reds if they acquired Trevor Story signing him to a long term deal. Um, I just I don't see the Reds giving out a contract to a thirty year old shortstop. Um, of his caliber with what he's going to be demanding on the market. 
Um, I, I think I – I believe Corey Seager is a free agent also. I would almost say he's probably more likely of a target than Story just because I would imagine he would be a little cheaper just maybe because of more of the – his his injury hit his injury history and kind of the the, the risk with him, um, so I, I don't know. I just I don't see any way the Reds are the team that 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 signs Trevor Story to the big deal just because he's going to be he's he's going to get yeah I would assume he's going to get Francisco Lindor money or close to it because I think he's better than Lindor. What? Oh, right I mean, now I'm not, I'm not gonna. Say Nick's wrong because he knows way more about that than I do. Yeah. But that's surprising to hear. I mean, he's so, two years he's two years older. Um, but I think if you if you look at the if you look at the numbers, I mean, we're talking five point one wins, five point nine wins, two point four in the short season. I don't know. I mean, he's he's uh, he's close. So get this, you guys will laugh at this because you know you guys love baseball like I do. So my dad and I, we like text about baseball every day. We just talk about the Reds every day. Just like, what's going on? What's this? What's that? And my dad's like really found real discovered spot track lately. So for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's a website where you can really look up any professional sports contract of any player from any year even. Um, and he texts me today, early today, and he goes, you know, they're going to need some back-end rotation help after uh, with like Mally and Castillo coming up in their free agency. I was like, yeah, in like three years. He goes, what did you think about Noah Syndergaard coming to Cincinnati? I'm like, are they going to get a Tommy John discount? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, if Noah Syndergaard wants to come be here, I'll take it. I'm happy about it. But not hold my breath on that one. Reds could probably swing a Naquin for Syndergaard trade right now. Yeah, um, you're probably right. Just because Syndergaard, I think he's back in like July or something. Um, yeah. And he's he's owed some money. So it'd be more like the money exchanging for for basically nothing for Naquin and the Mets are desperate. So uh, if the Reds were willing to take on money, they probably could swing something like that. Uh, but they're 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 not going to do that. <laughs> no, no. no, it's it would not. So uh, just because for John, he said, "How many more starts does Castillo have to write himself of what's going on with Suarez?" I know this is a weekly conversation. Um, <laughs> You know, and I look, I appreciate the question, you know, especially, but I don't think there's a situation where Castillo doesn't start. I just, there's no DFA, there's no he goes to the bullpen. I know how great Antone's been, but Antone's really kind of been the glue of the bullpen, like we've talked about. I think Luis Castillo is going to be figuring it out pitching, you know, the first three, four or five innings of games. And that's what, that's what the Reds are going to go with. Yeah, he's, I mean, last night he was. He was Luis Castillo. I mean, he struck out yeah, eleven batters in in five innings. He made one mistake. I mean, it's going to happen. Um, but I think if if someone really wanted to be concerned with Castillo, which I still wasn't even before yesterday, they would look at the strikeout number. That was the only number that was like the one. Oh, whoa, that looks really rough. Um, but you know, he he clearly showed. Okay, he can still you know miss bats. Um, so yeah, he's fine. Um, I mean, Suarez, I think he just is what he is. I mean, you know, I, I think he's going to have some really good weeks. I think he's going to have some bad weeks. Um, but I think by the end of the year, he'll, he'll probably have an 800 OPS, which, which is fine. If he does that on this team with, with, and the other guys stay healthy, you know, hitting ahead of him, that's fine. That, that, that'll, that'll play. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, you know, both guys, you know, who, who are you pulling over them anyways? You know, uh, Jeff Hoffman's in the rotation. Like, right. yeah, yeah, you is. know, you know, uh, you want Alex play Dino playing every day? I mean, you know, there's just you – know, those guys just have to have to, to, to keep playing and, and they'll, they'll figure it out to an extent at least. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Castillo, looked, he looked great. Last yeah, night, was- that, that changeup had good depth on it. Fastball had nice tail. He was he was vintage Luis, and I mean, whenever he was in consideration for Cy Young, he had outings like that where it was one bad pitch, three runs. But now it's almost like a breath of fresh air whenever he does that, and it was still managed to on that beautiful website of Twitter to find a lot of hate coming out of last night's last night's uh, outing. Um, Gino. Yeah, Gino, he'll be all right. He's, I mean, he's like again, like Nick said, he's, he's gonna have his good weeks, gonna have his bad weeks. He's gonna get real streaky. Um, he reminds he reminds me a lot of Jay Bruce because <clears throat> Jay used to get super streaky or super hot, super cold, and I mean, it just it's, it is what it is. I mean, we all were hoping that Luis could be more of a, you know. 900 OPS and, you know, play stellar third base D, but I don't know. We're stuck with, <laughs> with the cards that we have dealt, and I mean, he's, he's coming around. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I guess if I had to put a worry on one of the two, it would be him a little bit more than Castillo because um, he does feel the pressure of it, and then he's having to play shortstop, you know, sometimes. So he's got all a lot on his plate right now, but uh, – Again, just to keep rumbling on, but he's he's going to be all right. Corey yeah, Kluber looking... threw a no hitter. Did he, did he throw a no hitter? Corey Kluber threw a no hitter for the Yankees. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't even have it on. There's just so many no hitters. I, I honestly, they don't do it for me anymore. Like Wade Miley's was cool, obviously, because it plays for the Reds. But I just, I unless it's a perfect game, I it doesn't doesn't do much for me Dude, anymore. I, I could not believe that Corey Kluber had the career that he's had because I played with him and I think it was in, in 09 down here in San Antonio with the missions and mm-hmm. he was rocking like a five ERA in the Texas league which is hard to do and I mean he, I was like why is this guy getting hit so hard he you know his fastball's got great life and his curveball's nasty but I mean every hit that they had was just squared up couldn't figure it out and then you know, several years down the road, he's winning Cy Young. So <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. He he literally almost carried the Indians to a, a World Series. I mean, like literally, like he he made like six starts in the the playoffs that year that were just all unbelievable until that game seven. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Let me get your thoughts on this because you know Carlos brought up how Twitter finds a way to scrutinize. Everything in there, and obviously, it's basically what the website was built for, is what it seems at times. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Reds were definitely beneficial, had been a benefit of two outstanding defensive plays in Colorado this past weekend. We saw, you know, Shogo's crazy, you know, catch he had in center field and course in the ninth. And then, of course, you know, Sunday they went on that incredible double play. Both of those times, TJ Antone's on the mound. If those plays don't go the Reds' way, if that ball drops in the outfield and the, you know the, Rock, the Rockies get the game-winning run, 
and then those guys score from that double play. <laughs> Are we talking bad about Anton the same way or Luis right now on Twitter? No. <laughs> I don't think I, so. I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past it, though. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to expect anymore. That, that's a good point. Um, um, yeah. Ugh. Was yeah. um was, was the Sunday game, was that in extra innings? It was, yeah. Okay. So I guess that's maybe a little bit different just because, like, like I don't think the run that would have scored would have been earned. So I, I guess he probably gets a little bit of a pass on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Shogo one, I mean, that, that ball was destroyed. Um, yeah, I catch so, it Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes there's so much luck involved in baseball. You know, people don't like to admit it, but there's so much luck. You know, um, whether you're hitting rockets or you're you're getting you know dinks and dunkers, or you know you have a, a season where you're um, blessed with health, or you're 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 not blessed with health, or you play the Giants when they're when they have the best record in baseball, or you play the Giants in September when they're not the the, the Giants that we see right now. You know, there's just a lot of luck involved, and you know. Um, that's why it's nice to have 162 games as opposed to 60 because that's just as you saw last year. That's baseball's not built for a 60 game season. Um, and you hope some of these things will swing back in the Reds' favor, and you just have to hope they do. Yeah, and you know, I, I know I've, I've brought up, like we said, we don't intend to be broken records, but you know, the Nationals that won the title in the last full season in baseball at the end of May, they were terrible. They won the World Series that year, so it's like it's definitely possible. I mean, they had two long losing streaks earlier in the season. And still pulled something off. So, you know, we can't count them out just yet. And, yes, Aaron, I agree. The Reds do have some of the best fans in the game and also some of the scariest, most bipolar. Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> That's a great Nick, take. Look at Nicholas P. Kirby mentions right now, and you'll see all the, it's all the craziness. I just saw that six no-hitters this year, two against three teams, Cleveland, Seattle, and Texas. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Cleveland, I mean, Seattle's weird because, like, so I kind of followed them pretty closely just because I really like, you know, some of my favorite players ever play for them. Um, so they have, like, these outfielders. You know, Kalenic's up now. Kyle Lewis has been, you know, was rookie of the year last year. But it's like they can just never consistently get hits. And they'll, like, win games at times where it's like, oh, shit, how they win that game. But when you watch them play, you're like, why don't these guys win more? Because they have those two, and they have one more prospect coming up. It's like... The two guys with Kalenic and this guy are supposed to be better than Lewis. So, once again, I know people are saying, watch out, the marriage are going to be good in five years, and they probably won't be. <laughs> they're the team I don't understand why they're bad, though, because they are like a big – Seattle's a big market. It's not like they're a small market team. They have really, really, really bad ownership, and, and they have made just some some bizarre moves throughout the year. Throughout the years, like that Robinson Cano signing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've just, uh, you know, you, money's great, but you have to you have to be able to spend it well, you know. Because um, it does, it runs out for every team. You know, some teams runs out faster than others, but um, it, it runs out. Yeah. Um, yeah, because remember Easter was like, you guys can trade me. Like, let's, let's just get more money on the books. <laughs> <laughs> Send me to Miami. Yeah, that was cool. When the that was the one time I got to see Ichiro play in person. I know it was uh, when he played for the Marlins, and he's like, 
one of my all-time favorite players. So, like, being able to, like, I was pretty close to the field, and I was like, this is pretty neat. Definitely past his prime Ichiro, but still pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool you got to see the Hit King live. That's awesome. I know. I now see, like, ducks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, we got about 15 minutes left to show. Um, You guys want to talk about Otani, or you want to talk about Tony LaRusso's dumb, dumb takes? Uh, Depends on... What kind of mood you want to be? <laughs> Larusa, Larusa, let's go, let's go down with the ship tonight. Yeah. Reds have lost three in a row. Come on, keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Carlos, you know, we we generally go to you for these things because you've experienced the major league clubhouse. Obviously, you know, you've been you've played pro baseball for a long time. You've been around everything there can be. Um, how do you think a clubhouse, like, let alone a young team like the White Sox, like they're good, they're young dudes on that team. I know they're hurt, like a lot of their really good players are hurt right now, but they're still winning. How do you think a team would really react if their manager was like saying that there was consequences for your actions for basically like not playing old man baseball anymore? Um, they're definitely not happy. You've seen a couple of you know, comments, Lance Land, I think, you know, Tim Anderson said something as well. They, He's he doesn't have that locker room. Like they're winning in spite of him. Um, I know that's what people want to. Say. You know the old heads are saying, "Well, he's got them in first place." No, he doesn't. He makes the lineup, and those guys have themselves in first place. <laughs> he's an American League manager. He doesn't have to do much but make bullpen decisions. And I'm sure there's somebody telling him who to pick, who to put in the game. Um, it's just such a tired, a tired, tired philosophy for him to be thinking like that to make it public. That's so bad. It's, I mean, for Lance Lynn to come out and say something like that, a veteran, I mean, that just shows you right there that the locker room is gone. Because if the locker room was, if he had the locker room, they were tight in a group, they'd be like keeping it in-house. But, I mean, he's talking through the media, through even his own team. Like, Tony Russo, he's got, he's got to go. I've, it would be funny. I don't I wonder how many managers have been fired in first place, but <laughs> I would like for him to be added to the list. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like he just fits like that, like fan, that like organization, that fan. I mean, he might because Jerry Reinsdorf owns the team. You know, the Bulls haven't been good for many reasons since 1998 because Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't want them to be good, and the White Sox are good right now in spite, of, like you said, of Larissa and probably Reinsdorf. They just got lucky with a lot of prospects and up being really good, like Lou Bob, and you know, I know he's hurt right now, but yeah, it's just. I think the other thing, too, is, like, I think it was cool, like, guys like Alex Wood, Trevor Bauer, they were, like, all right, like, the guy hit a bomb off you, like, don't throw a 3-0 pitch, don't, like, and, like, Alex Wood being, like, you know how hard it is at a 45-mile-an-hour pitch over the wall like that? Like, it's pretty difficult. Yeah, respect the game with a a position player throwing 40 miles an hour. Like, come on. Right. Like, get off my lawn. It's just... I don't know. LaRusa, it's just so weird. Like, the White Sox have, like, this really fun, like, young team with a lot of, like, energy and passion. And then you have Tony LaRusa managing right. them. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I, I don't get that at all. And Yeah, I hope he does get fired. And I just Yeah, because did you, did you see the whole, um, I guess whenever they traveled, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, they all dressed up like... Um, how Mercedes usually dresses up, like just wild and the, for the team flight. Did y'all see that? No. Yeah, the whole team dressed up like him. And that <laughs> tells you right there, they're like, 
Hell yeah, we got your back. Fuck you, Tony Russo. Tony Russo's not in that photo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and for all the for all that the, the hate that David Bell gets tonight, you know, um, you wouldn't see that on his team. You know, David Bell's out there trying to strangle Clint Hurdle when his guy gets hit by a pitch. You know, um, um, and I think the players like playing for David Bell. And, and you know how much that means. It's open to debate. I, I don't know, but I think it's better than not. You know, I, I don't think you want a guy that 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 you know your team doesn't want to play for. But it was like like Carlos was saying, like the White Sox are winning in spite of him. But let's say the the White Sox, you know, just went through a disaster stretch and the season kind of started to get away from them. I mean, I, I think, and I could be wrong, Carlos. Please correct me if I am. I think it's easier to quit on a guy like Tony Larusa than than a guy like David Bell. Yeah. Yeah, um, <coughs> I, I see what you're saying with that, but I mean, those, these guys are professionals and they know they have to, they're going to get paid on what they do on the, at the plate or on the mound. So for them to totally quit or anything like that, that's kind of a, it's kind of a reach to say at this level. Um, but they can certainly, you know, not talk to them or, you know, it, it'll just be awkward. Maybe get into some bad habits. Maybe that's like a better way of saying it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, well, yeah, mean, yeah. Like you said, you know, like you know, he comes to take the ball from you on the mound. You like roll your eyes. You know, start showing disrespect and, and stuff like that. That can definitely happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, kind of, basketball this year. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a, a a side story that kind of goes with that. Um, I won't get into too many details, but we. Um, Red Lake Nation got to to meet with um, uh, the Reds' assistant assistant GM um, Sam. I think he said his last name Grossman, um, and he had a really cool like question and answer with us. And this was back in 2018 when Jim Riggleman was the manager, and he kind of like hinted at like like yeah, you know, we want certain guys to be playing, but we don't like demand the manager play certain guys because we don't want them to his words were get into bad habits because they think, you know, they're all just, you know, robots and we're playing out the season and, and things like that. So, I mean, I do think there is some, that's not true. They definitely say who to play. Well, no, and I'm talking more, more along. I won't say the, I'll, I'll, I'll protect the integrity of the conversation. I won't say the player that they were specifically talking about, but there was one player that, that kept getting playing time that seemed kind of weird. Uh-huh. And basically they said, yeah, we don't really want him playing, but we also like, that's kind of like a, a something we just came on. And this was kind of one of those situations where, you know, um, like if it was this year, it'd be like, maybe, you know, you'd say, well, we want Aristides Aquino playing over, Tyler Naquin or something like that, like where it's not really going to make or break, you know, um, something of that like tight nature at the beginning of the year. So um, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, kind of interesting to, to hear that perspective and that, you know, they, they, they are worried. They, at least management is worried about players getting into to bad habits. If, if like the season kind of snowballs on you, maybe not quitting necessarily because everyone's playing for their contract and, you know, some to stay in the major leagues, but um yeah. They, they are worried about that kind of stuff. Sidebar question, Nick, real quick. Would you trade Tyler Aiken <laughs> for Otani straight up? 
no, no chance. No chance. We haven't. Tyler Naquin hasn't even got a chance to pitch yet. I mean, we don't know yeah. what he has. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we know what Alex Benino has on the mound. Yeah. 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 So, yes, and I, Nick, I do like appreciate that you brought that up because we all know it was Cliff Pennington. You don't have to tell us to worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so, yes, like Carlos said, uh, everyone in baseball is obviously paying attention to Otani. And I think it's the best thing for baseball. But here's the funny thing about it. I might have said this to you guys. There was that meme going around where it's like every time I see like an Angels highlight, it's Shohei Otani does something amazing and Mike Trout lifts his batting average to 530, but they lost 8-3. to three. It feels like that's <laughs> what the Angels are right now. God almighty. Baseball's a team game, man. Like, you have to have a full 26-man roster. Like, you can't you, – like we talked about earlier in the year, you can't have Kyle Farmer playing third base five times in a row. Like, right. it, it, it's a full team game. doesn't matter how good Winker and Castellanos are. You know, you have to have um, um, depth in your lineup and then depth, you know, beyond your lineup when, when you have guys go down with injury. Um it's just it's unlike any other game where where depth is just so so crazy important. Yeah, I completely agree. So, yeah, I was um, you know the last couple of days everybody's just blowing up talking about Twitter. Everybody's been pretty positive. Like I don't know the Angels community, but like baseball, you know, like our local radio show that you know I listen to. These guys they hardly ever talk baseball, and they're like talking baseball about Otani and how great it is and this and that. And then this morning, I see this clip of Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, oh, complaining yeah. about he's hitting 277 or whatever he said. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like everybody hates ESPN, but they're still the mothership, and everybody their stuff gets out everywhere. Like that does nothing good for the game. Why? I just don't understand hating on it. Yeah, that's that's not. I actually had first take on today a little bit, just kind of. I wasn't really paying attention, but I just had it on the TV, and I did not see them cover the no hitter from yesterday. <laughs> like they didn't even <laughs> mention it um, on first take, but they uh, they were talking about Otani and they were talking about um, uh, the, the La Russa saga. Um, so yeah, I guess it's hey, whatever gets people talking about baseball. I guess good or bad. This it's is good why to we see Johnny Bench join us. Do what? This is why we need Roflo to come on. He's been in the, he's been in the he's been in the locker room chat before with us. He popped in, popped right out. He was like, "Nope, not for me." <laughs> <laughs> Heard my voice was like, "I'm out." <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I saw that too. Or uh, Johnny Bench was on Dan Patrick today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, because I was glad that he said, "Yeah, I'd probably swing." Dude. It's so, like, so I listen to Jim Day's pod every so often. Just, like, when he's got, like, someone, I'm like, oh, that guest is interesting. I'll listen to them. Like, he had Dunner on a couple weeks ago, and that was really good. Um, he, like, aired this one interview he did on TV on there recently with, like, Lou Pinella. And I expected Lou to just be, like, old man baseball like we talked about. But he was, like, actually, he's, like, yeah, he's, like, I love Joey Votto. He's, like... When he's like arguing with an umpire for balls and strikes, chances are I'm going with Joey on that. He's like, he knows the strikes are better than most of those guys. And he was like, super like, he was like, he's like, I'm not anti sabermetrics. I think it's really good to have that advanced knowledge. And I was like, what the hell's going on right now? <laughs> Bring him back. 
I think he was like an assistant. He was working for the Reds front office in some weird roles, probably just like ambassador or something. But assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, assistant to the regional manager. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? Um. Just it's a it's a long season. Stay patient. Let's get these guys back healthy. Um. Um. You're going to have weeks where you feel terrible about the Reds. You're going to have weeks you feel great about the Reds this year, and it'll probably swing back and forth until uh, uh, it's decided one way or the other in September. You know, so you know, stay patient. It's a grind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next week, as we know, I will not be here. I will be on my honeymoon. So I look forward to this week's text messages of Nick and Carlos fighting over who will not host next week. Uh, <laughs> but. It'll be, I can't wait to hear what you guys do. I always appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everyone who, like, you know, it was cool to get some uh, get some conversations in here with uh, Max and um, Sam. Thank you guys for joining us and, like, bringing us some conversations. Everyone in the chat, thank you guys for being involved. It's awesome. Uh, I wish it wasn't the Reds the red struggling to get everyone to join us, but hopefully <laughs> when they're winning, you guys will be back too. Um, so we'll be here, you know, every Wednesday here on Locker Room. You check us on Spotify, and like I said, we're on Twitter now. Give us a follow at I'll follow at Late Reds and um, everyone have a good night. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.